Welcome to Simply Financial with Paul Durso, your GPS to retirement. What's the big thing that we need to deal with to circumvent or plan around the SECURE Act? What's the big concept that we have to put in our head? Now, your host, Paul Durso. Welcome back to the show. My name's Paul Durso. I'm sitting next to the legendary Charlie Bowers. There you go. Yep. And and today we're going to be talking about Secure Act Part Two. So last show we kind of went over all things Secure Act regarding retirement and IRA planning. In today's show, we're going to be talking about strategies on how to address some of those concerns. And, and as, then, as far as I know, nothing has changed since the last time we start talking about the Secure Act. No, I don't no. think so, so. So yeah, it's still the same. Everything is still the same. Okay. Okay. Right, I'll just. Why did I say something? No. Oh, okay. I'm just happy that the government hasn't changed things already. Because they're prone to doing that from time to time. And then at the end of the show, we're going to be talking about Secure Act sales guides and scams that you need to be aware of. All right. But before we do that, I got to tell you a a really funny story um, about my nephew, Max. He, he's the cutest little guy. He's, he's, he's short for his age and he's a little man. Like he's, he's five years old and he, he just, he dresses like an adult. He's just the cutest little thing ever. And if you can hear the joy in my voice when I'm describing him, it, it's real. He's just the cutest little guy. Um, I was celebrating a birthday party for his little brother this last weekend. And uh, he had a, he wanted to ask mom for something he wanted to do. And she was like, nope, this is not happening. So he walks over to her and he's like, hey, mom, can I do X? And she's like, nope, not today. And he looks at her and he's just this cutest little thing. And he looks up at her and he says, well, thanks for that. I'm going to go ask dad. Well, there you and go. Then he, and, then, and then she's like, what? I'm pretty certain that he's going to say no as well. But his little mind was so bent on doing it. He's like, and that's the way kids are, right? They're more yeah. well, mom or dad said, no, I'm going to go play them against each other and go ask the other one. And the the point of the story was just the cuteness of how their little brains work, that they're going to persevere until they get what they want, which in this case was was not good yeah. because mom already said no. When, uh, but I love the fight. That's good. When Chuck was about three, Lori's parents and Lori and I were in a store with Chuck, and he wanted some kind of toy. I don't know what it was. Mm-hmm. Can I get it? Can I get it? Can I? No, 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 no. And he finally stopped and looked up at us and said, I'm asking the wrong people, aren't I? <laughs> so and he immediately, we said, yeah, and he went to grand and grandpa. And he got that toy. <laughs> I love that. I love the fight. Oh, yeah. I love that about kids. Actually, I love that about adults, too, when they legally, you know, figure out ways of, of doing the right thing or, or finding a way to get what they want the right way. All right. So let's talk about some strategies of concern. Um, brief overview and specifically we're only talking about the provisions in the secure act that deal with retirement. So this is the RMD, um, which we're not going to talk a ton about today, how that's changed from 70 and a half to 72. Right. And then the other, the bigger one that we're going to talk about and the strategies that we're going to refer to is the IRA stretch lifetime provision that was now changed to the 10 year stretch provision. So if you have an IRA and you're single and you pass, you can leave that to a loved one or somebody in your life. And they used to have their life to stretch that money over. So they have to pay little bits of tax until they die 
on that IRA. Well, now that's changed. Now they have to completely convert that money out of an IRA and they have to pay tax on that in 10 years. So whatever's remaining in that account and the 10th year, 100% of that will be eligible to pay tax. It'll be ordinary income. And this is a big change, a significant change on the tax code. So we're going to be talking very briefly today about some strategies that you might want to think about or consider. Now, let me have a disclaimer here. Let me have some, some room for wiggle here because we're just a few weeks into this Secure Act conversation. Um, though we've met with some CPAs and some attorneys, by no, by mo- no means is today a catch-all, here's all the strategies that you need to be aware of. There's going to be so many more thought-out, good strategies that we're going to be talking about later in this year. Yep. Um, we're actually doing an event in a month and a half to give us some even more time to come up with strategies. But we're going to be talking to our client base about the same type of things that we're talking on this show, things you need to be aware of, things that you need to watch out for, and things that you might want to consider when using or, or strategizing to deal with the SECURE Act. So take this with a grain of salt today that there's going to be plenty more to come. All right, so what's the big thing that we need to deal with to circumvent or plan around the SECURE Act? What's the big concept that we have to put in our head? Well, I think you're going to have to have some sort of plan, Paul, because 10 years, you have to drain that IRA. Your beneficiary. Everything in it. Yeah. And and the question is, how do you do that? What's the most tax efficient uh, and and beneficial way to to get that money out? So what what, the takeaway there is it has to be a 10 year plan. Yeah. So of all the strategies that we're going to, that we're going to talk about, know this. You've got 10 years. Your beneficiary has 10 years or you have 10 years if the money's coming from your family to you. There needs to be a methodical 10-year plan. This doesn't mean, hey, I have 10 years to do this. This means I've got 10 one-year yep. things to do. So whatever you do on the first year, you're going to do on the second year and the third year and the fourth year. And what you do in the first year might be the most important part of your plan. Correct. So it, it's important to, to get that figure it out as soon as you can. All right. So let's talk about some of the, the, the big strategies that have been coming up. Um, and, and to let the cat out of the bag, there's really three things that we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about life insurance. We're going to talk about Roth conversions, and we're going to talk about estate design through trusts. There might be some other things that we'll, we'll throw in there very quickly. Uh, CLTs and CRTs. Um, but for most part, we're going to be talking about life insurance, Roth, and trust design. So let's first talk about life insurance. Why, why is this be quickly becoming the go-to strategy? Well, with life insurance, what's the, what's the benefit of a life insurance policy? The death benefit. Death yeah. benefit and being tax-free. So we're, we're talking about, is there some way to leverage what you have to pull out of that IRA in such a way that maybe there'll be a, a death benefit that's tax-free mm-hmm. for heirs down the road. So how would you figure out how much death benefit life insurance that you would need and how would you want to structure that life insurance? Well, that's a good question. I think really that's going to be on a case-by-case basis on what is the most important thing in, in, in a person's individual plan. Well, in last show we talked about the delta between 
how much you would have to take out over a 30-year period in tax versus how much you're going to pay in tax over 10-year. And what would your estimate be in total tax spent one way or the other? So depending on how that plays out, what's your answer in that delta? That would, in my opinion, determine how much extra life insurance that you would need. Impact the life insurance. So you're not just going to say, okay, I'm estimating, you know, roll the dice, 300000 in extra tax and off the top of your head. No, you want to be a little bit more methodic, more yeah. scientific um, in, in understanding what you really need to insure because you're not insuring the entire IRA here. You, you might want to do some other things and start converting some of this now. Like mm-hmm. you might want to think ahead. So it's not just, hey, let's do nothing and then take out some life insurance. You might not be able to afford the life insurance. Exactly. There's so many nuances Is here. Just the taxes yeah. portion you want to cover or do you want to leave? A, a, more of a legacy. Legacy. So, and you might not care. Yeah. If you don't care, who cares? Or we're going to spend it all. Yeah. So if I over, if I, Forget the life If I left something, I overlooked it, right? Exactly. So the, the things that you want to know in this regard is the calculation to figure out what's the estimated extra tax paid. And then if you want to do some life insurance to cover that so your kids don't get hurt, you probably want to wrap that into some form of ILIT trust. Mm. So an ILIT is an irrevocable life insurance trust. And basically what that's going to do is going to, it's going to take that money out of your estate. And when the life insurance gets paid through that, it doesn't get counted in estate tax purposes. It's the most efficient design to handle this sort of thing. Um, So you don't have to worry about some complications of hitting other brackets, depending on your net worth. But the amount of life insurance you put in that ILIT trust would be calculated, determined by your estimated extra tax of the SECURE Act. And people may not recognize that a regular life insurance policy, even if the beneficiary is somewhere outside the family, that's that death benefit is counted. It counts it's as included. part of your, your estate. estate. Yeah. yeah. So that's why an islet, a lot of people don't know what that is or haven't heard of one, but it's a way to get that death benefit out of your estate. Yeah. And if they ever lower that, um, exemption, the exemption yeah. down to back where it was at a million bucks, we're going to have a lot of estate tax. And that's the exactly. next thing. I mean, Secure Act was the IRA. The next thing is going to be the estate tax ex- exemption, which is currently 10, 10 almost 11, 11 million. Yeah. And they originally was always a million. Yeah. So when they drop that back down, that, that's huge consequences because there's a lot of millionaires in the United States. Mm-hmm. So that that's going to have a huge impact. So that's life insurance. The next thing is this Roth conversion idea. So with a Roth, when someone passes, if your money is in a Roth, it still falls under the 10-year window. Now, the money that comes out is tax-free, but uh, you still have to drain that account in 10 years. Mm-hmm. But then again, you know, you're, you're taking away the issue of, man, where tax is going to be in your in 8, 10, 9, 10, or yeah. whatever it is. So that's not a bad idea. It's, just, it's not as awesome as I would have hoped that the Roth, could just stay yeah. for their life. And well, it used to be there was no RMD on a Roth. Correct. But now? Now there's a 10-year RMD. Year old. Yep. Because at the 10th year, the, the Roth is over. So if you convert all your money now to Roth, and then your kids inherit the Roth, they just have 10 years to reap the benefit of that tax-free benefit. Because mm-hmm. at the 11th year, it's now fully taxable. Now there's no tax to be paid. They just, right. now they have to pay all the earnings, interest, tax, on the 11th year and beyond. So the Roth 
conversion strategy is to be seen in uh, in my opinion as far as the validity of paying the tax today versus waiting till tomorrow. It's just a question of does it add more to your situation than can you afford it? The, really? the way it works today. Yeah. yeah. Well, you can you afford to convert your IRA to Roth? Yep. And then the last thing is really your estate trust design. This is going to ensure, in my opinion, that the the work that you do uh, and strategies that you put in place actually happen. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't have a trust that's mandating your beneficiaries do something, well, it, it might not get done. That's right. So, and a, and a trust is basically going to lock in certain things and mandate that they actually take place. For example, if you have this eyelet or this trust or that, that dictates this life insurance, you would specify that life insurance to pay out a tenth or, or 10% of it over mm-hmm. 10-year periods, over a 10-year period, to pay the tax that your estate trust would incur over a 10-year period, because these are two different trusts here. The trust of the estate, you would set up to basically dictate, hey, this IRA that I have in whole with my wife and myself, or just me, is a million dollars. And I want my estate to pass on this money to my kids. And I want to mandate that they take 10 years. So trust now are probably going to hold these IRAs inside them instead of passing them straight, straight through to their kids. And I can't say that for sure, but there's going to be some kind of language in there that mandates the 10 year stretch where they're not waiting to the 10th year to take it all out. Mm-hmm. They're saying in the first year, you take about 10%, then 10, then 10, all the way out to the 10 years. And then this life insurance is now going to pay the tax estimated that, that the trust now incurred on the conversion of stripping off the IRA in those 10 years. Is this making sense? Am I being confusing? I, I'm just envisioning the complexity that, very, that people are going to have to, to address. I, I feel like I just lost them and yeah. I can't even see their face listening because yeah. there's it's just so much to these designs. That, yeah. And, and, and understand that, yes, there's, work to be done going forward on a new trust, but people have trust already set up that they really need to look into, mm-hmm. have reviewed to make sure it's not going to jeopardize uh, beneficiary. And I, and I, I would be careful because right now you might have language inside of your trust that basically dictates a stretch provision or right. what's called a pass through on the IRA. And that's great. Don't take that out. Cause what if they change the laws back? Mm-hmm. maybe they will, maybe they won't, but I wouldn't change. I would just add to it, make an addendum and have a secure act addendum to it. That's the great thing about trust is you can put all kind of what if scenarios yeah. in there. You know, if this law changes back, then we go back to that this. language. Yeah. Yeah. So th- the rule of thumb here is you've got to do a lot of planning. The, the government has forced the narrative that now for anybody who has IRA monies, you are now going to be forced to do some form of design or at least write a letter and tell your kids, you got to do this. I mean, they might spend it and blow it and do whatever they're going to do anyways, but at least uh, give them the chance, give them the chance to do it the right way. Hey, and you know, as as hard and complex as it seems like we're making it sound right now, I bet there's going to be a lot of people running around out there that claim they have the the solution. So that's where we're going to end the show today. And this is my biggest concern with the secure act. And it's the scams that are going to come along with it. You know, this, there's going to be two types of things out there. You're going to get the sales guy 
and you're going to get the scammer, which is kind of the same thing, but we're going to sit, we're going to spread these apart because the sales guy is going to come across as the sincere you're going to, you're going to get all kinds of mailers of the secure act, what you need to know, you know, the do's and don'ts strategies that have been proven, you know, who knows what the language is going to be, but you're going to get inundated with mailers, with events, with dinner seminars that are going to specifically address the SECURE Act and things that you need to do to protect you and your, and your loved one. So that's how it's going to, they're going to warm you in, they're going to pay for a meal, and then they're going to... And they're going to be very confident and they have the solution. And the solution is probably going to be some sort of insurance product. Yep. It's going to be yep. an annuity or life insurance or something along those lines that, that's, it's very simple. They're going to say, it's one, two, three, you do this, you do this, and you buy this. And they're the guy that you're going to buy it through. Right. The reality is there might be some truth in there, mm-hmm. but they're going to be hawking everybody out there and trying to get them in. And they're going to use this secure act as a way for them to sell a whole lot of stuff that may or may not be right for you. Right. I mean, it goes back to fiduciary standards or yep. suitability. And then someone that's selling these insurance products typically just has a suitability. It's, it could be a suitable solution for you. But is it really the best solution out there for? And the thing that scares me about this law is right now we're only seeing, and and I don't even know how. I, the more I, the more research that we do, the more we're coming to the conclusion it's not going to be as bad as we once thought. But we're coming to that conclusion, and even if these advisors understand that, they're not going to go with, oh, it's not going to be that bad. No. They're going to go with, this is going to be the worst thing. Your beneficiaries are going to pay so much tax. They're going to claw into you how bad this is going to be. So you buy their strategy, which is going to pay them something because there's going to be some sort of insurance or an annuity product mm-hmm. behind it. And what was tucked into the secure act was that now annuities are going to be allowed inside of 401ks. Right. And I, I mean, I, I deal a lot with insurance companies and they are just so excited right now because they think they're going to be selling more annuities than ever. And that is scary. It really is because trillions of dollars in 401ks and now that's open to, to annuity company. Yeah. So they're going to be going all in on annuities moving forward. And now they're seeing life insurance and annuities being the answer. You're going to start to see the Secure Act annuity. You're going to see annuities literally that are going to name play off of this law that are going to be your one-stop solution to helping your beneficiaries. Listen, there's no product that's going to save you here. There's going to be strategies that are going to save you. Very focused, uh, detailed, specific strategies that you would want to follow about your situation. It's not going to be some secure act annuity or some life insurance. There's no one size fits all. No way. Be very on edge here, very weary of anything that you're seeing in the mail. I'm not saying don't check it out. I'm just saying be very careful because they're going to spin this all the way till Sunday to get you to see them and to scare you into it. I think I can't say for certain, but two mailers I've already seen. Have you? This week. And there was Secure Act all over them. That's all they talked about. And I called this. The second I found out, I said, there's going to be very bad people out there, or I should say this, there might even be some halfway decent people out there that are just going to see opportunity. I mean, we're 
financial advisors for the most part are entrepreneurs. So they're going to see an opportunity to grow their business. That's where it starts, but that's where it gets ugly because now they're going to see an opportunity and they're just going to wrap a sales narrative around it to get you to buy stuff. Yep. And I want you to be very careful with that. And if you've got big insurance companies producing the, the literature, they make pretty stuff. They do. They make nice looking stuff and it looks very appealing. And the law changed. So you have to deal you with it. You better this. do. Yeah, you better handle it. So the, the narrative is set up very easy for them to sell a whole lot of stuff. And that's very concerning to me because I feel like there's going to be a lot of people that get duped into buying stuff that they may not even need yeah. or they're going to way over overanalyze it. So they might have needed 50,000 of coverage, but they're going to buy 500,000 mm-hmm. because they thought that this was going to be the worst thing. The government's just robbing them blind and their kids aren't, they're not going to throw away their money to uncle Sam and their kids are going to get it. I can already hear the client. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, we know our clients so well and you know exactly how, how they feel about uncle Sam getting their money versus their kids. So they're going to bend over backwards to do everything they can to protect their kids. And all yeah. the sales guy has to do is just slightly push that narrative yeah. and they're all in. And that's a very scary place for you to be. Now it's on my side, we're going to plan around that as diligently as we can, but we're not, I'm not going to go out there and try to hit Charlotte and say, okay, you got to come in or hit the U S yeah. you got to come in do this planning. Cause the government's going to steal all your money. That, that, that's a no, no, that's wrong. That's wrong. Yep. That's, it's not even going to, I don't think it's going to be that big, but all the news out there is going to be the end of the world. Well, you know how we talk about the talking heads out there that just try to get everybody all foamed up about anything. That's right. Anything. Anything. So be yeah. careful out there. All right. So that ends our show today. Hopefully you learned. If you want to learn any more specific about this, you can go to our website, insightfolios.com or give us a buzz. 704-529-9500. Specific to your situation. Um, if you'd like our help, we'll help you. If not, God bless you. And I hope you learned a little bit today. Now for our fast talking fine print. The information presented is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax investment or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered through Insight Folios, Inc., a SEC-registered investment advisor. The firm only transacts business in states where it is notice-filed or is excluded or exempted from notice-filing requirements. Insurance products and services are offered through Durso Capital Management Company. Insight Folios, Inc. and Durso Capital Management Company are affiliated companies and do not offer legal or tax advice. Paul Alderso and Charles B. Bowers Jr. are investment advisor representatives of Insight Folios, Inc. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.